If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mr. Stone Gossip. Fucking camera in the truck. Welcome to Live on Four Legs, the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. Uh, my name is John Farrar. Normally you're hearing Randy Sobel during this part. Uh, unfortunately, as some of you might know if you're uh, keeping up with our social media, unfortunately, uh, Randy did uh, catch COVID, unfortunately, when he was out on the West Coast. So he's uh, he's going to be okay. Um, he's just feeling a little bit of the... Uh, the fatigue and uh, stuff like that, it, it catches up to you. So we're giving him a little break. Uh, so I'm, gonna, I'm joined, uh, I have a guest host here with me. Uh, we're going to get to him in just a second. But first, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what we're doing this month. So we just came off of our vault month where we covered some of the, uh, the vault shows that Pearl Jam has released, some of the ones we hadn't covered yet. And uh, we got to do some, uh, some different things there. We're kind of in the middle of a really good uh, kind of 90s, early 2000s run on the podcast. So hopefully you guys are enjoying that. It's going to go for a couple more months, so stay tuned. Um, but yeah, this month uh, we got a bunch of shows coming up in June, and they are all going to be uh, shows in places where Pearl Jam has only played one time in states in the uh, in the country here. We're going to call it Forgotten States Month. And uh, you can uh, you can probably look at a map and figure out what those are going to be. Uh, if you have uh, live footsteps, you can also uh, probably check that out. So uh, we mentioned it a little bit last month. What those are going to be? We're going to be you know your South Dakotas, Idaho, North Dakota, things like that. So Wyoming, I think, is, uh, is the one coming up next. So, but yeah, this is a little uh, short little intro to that um, series that we're going to be doing and. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the only time that Pearl Jam has ever played in Vermont in uh, 1991, November 2nd, in Burlington. They This is uh, on the Chili Peppers and Smashing Pumpkins tour. And it's a short show, seven songs. Um, but we are going to be talking about it today with someone who actually lived in Vermont. Uh, not during this time. He was not at this show, unfortunately. But... Um, you may know him from the hallucinogenic recipe podcast 
And I want to welcome in Brian Horwitz to the show. How are you doing, Brian? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. Excellent, man. Of course. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining in on this. Uh, it worked out great because uh, it would have been very awkward with me just by myself. So I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I can't wait to dig in. I miss my old stomping grounds. Burlington's a great little town. Yeah, talk about it a little bit. I've actually never been there. Like Vermont is one of the states that I've never been to. I've been to New Hampshire. I've been to Maine, but uh, never actually been to Vermont. So talk a little bit about, uh, yeah, you went went to school there. Uh, yeah, give, kind of set the scene for us a little bit. What's it like there? Yeah, so uh, cold <laughs> and snowy. Um, so, a- as you said, so I, I was not there, unfortunately, in uh, 91 when this show happened. My freshman year was 94, so I missed it by a few years. Um, but Burlington is a great, I mean, it's like, they call it a city, I suppose, but it's really like a big town in Vermont, and it's the biggest town in Vermont. Um, the the college itself, so UVM uh, is in Burlington. It's sort of at the top of the hill from Lake Champlain, and and there's multiple ways to sort of walk from campus downtown, which we used to do all the time, even in the winter. And there are always shows going on. I, I think Burlington was like, it was the stop for bands. Um, you know, you, you'd see a lot of bands that were touring and would do like, you know, Boston to Albany and Hartford and then up and would hit Burlington while on the way to like Montreal or kind of some, some other places or Toronto okay. or something up yeah. there. So yeah. we got a fair amount of shows. Memorial where Pearl Jam played was like the, the biggest venue uh, in town. And I think nowadays there's other venues, there's like higher ground and some other stuff that I've never been to, but there were a lot of like small venues and then Memorial like was the big boy. And I think it was like 2,500 people. So like, that's where we got like those kind of medium sized acts and, or the acts that were sort of on their way to getting big. And so some, some great stuff came through town when I was there. Awesome. Yeah. I did a little bit of, of research into the auditorium. I think it opened in the twenties, you know, as like Memorial auditorium being world war one Memorial yeah. auditorium. Um, and yeah, hosted a lot of interesting stuff. I looked it up. There were some, I wrote down the, the beach boys in 1963. That would have been, uh, pretty cool. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel in 1968, evidently they recorded one of the songs from that concert ended up on one of their, their records, I believe. And then, oh, wow. uh, fast forward to, you know, the stuff that, that the Pearl Jam fans are going to care about. And in 1989, uh, Fugazi played there in the basement. I guess there's, there was a punk rock club in the basement called yep. 242 Maine and Metallica played there in 1989. And then the Ramones in 1990. So unfortunately, it did close. I think a few years ago, I think 2016 or 2017, it finally closed down. Um, but yeah, just a a super historic place. And yeah, Burlington has kind of the feel of like it's in that second tier. You've got like your your Athens and your Austin and your Portland and places like that. And Burlington seems like you know it's a college town. It's in that next group under that, and maybe kind of a a hidden gem in a. Uh, in a state that not many bands go to, but if you go there, it'll be worth it. Yeah, totally. I think, um, I, I think you and I were reading the same article. It sounds, I was kind of sad to hear that it was, it was condemned in 2016 yeah. and it hasn't yeah. reopened since. It sounds like they're, they're trying to raise money, but there's, there's other initiatives and things going on that they, um, they haven't quite figured out all the funding for it. I, it, it, you know, it was sort of like, it was kind of a dump to be honest inside. Uh, and, and I can kind of talk about the interior a little bit, yeah, but yeah. it was like, it was like our dump, right? You walked in there and you could kind of feel the floor bowing sometimes when there was like a mosh pit going on. It was, it was maybe not the safest place, but uh, you know, like I said, I, I know there's other options now there's other venues and maybe that's why they're not rushing to replace it. Um, but that was the place we went. I mean, I, I went to a lot of shows there. I, I was actually compiling my own list here earlier to try to remember the shows that I saw there. And 
I know I'm missing a ton of them, but some the bigger ones to hit on, I, I saw Primus there a couple of times, and that was when um, uh, Brain was in the band. It was right after Herb left. So it was like, you know, 97-ish, 96, 97, 98, somewhere around there a couple of times. I saw B.B. King there, which right, uh, cool. George Carlin um 311 and then the two that I, i'll tell quick stories about because they're kind of interesting um i'm pretty sure it was freshman year but i think it was like um spring of freshman year so it's probably somewhere no had to be winter i bet it was like about february or so uh we went to see live there with sponge opening up and i can tell you it was winter because the so um Ed Kowalczyk ended up playing an acoustic set instead of the full band because their drummer was stuck in a plane during a snowstorm and oh, wow. apparently if you're a, yeah apparently if you're a live fan it's like a legendary show like holy cow you were at the burlington one where they played the mm. acoustic thing and i remember i don't remember too many details except i know during the encore they had a roadie come out and played drums and they played a full like electric like there, i remember there was like a hendrix cover i want to say it was like all along the watchtower or something like that that they played but um it was kind of cool and then uh i think my ultimate moment there was when porno papyrus came around in 96 uh it was a great month for me for live music so it was my first pj show um i remember seeing i think rush kicked off i saw the tour opener on their um test for echo tour which was amazing uh i think i saw tom petty on the wildflowers tour that month and then the fourth big show was porno for pyros and the cool thing about that was not just porno for pyros which was great i ended up meeting the band afterwards so me and my buddy go back where the tour bus was and and just a quick story here which i i just i'll never forget i've told this story a thousand times as we're standing out there um you know it's kind of cold it's like october and there's at one point there were maybe 30 or 40 people and then there was like 30 and then there was 25 and 20 like people kind of were leaving and there was like a handful of us and finally like the 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 back doors open up to the to memorial auditorium and this guy comes over to us he just comes over to me and my friend and he goes hey uh either of you guys ever been inside of a bong before (laughs) and we were like uh, I'm like, I don't even know how to answer this question. I'm like, uh, no. And he points backstage. And he's like, that's what it's like in there right now. He's like, those guys are not coming out anytime soon. They just ordered a bunch of pizzas. They are like living it up, stone off their asses. Like, don't expect them anytime soon. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, to this day, still the only time I've ever been asked if I've been inside of a bong before. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, so he goes back inside my friends are like, well, you know, fuck it. We're just hanging out here, having a good time. And about, I don't know, maybe an hour, hour and a half later, doors open up and it was almost like like a slow-mo scene from a movie it was like perry farrell and that was when mike watt was playing bass on their tour which was amazing so it was perry mike stephen perkins and i think um uh oh god i'm drawing a blank on the uh the guitar player's name i apologize i'll think of it yeah, yeah. but uh they all come out and they're like they're like uh marty lenoble that's the guy's name they're they're <laughs> coming out like swaying sideways like perry can hardly even stand up from whatever how much they drank and were smoking whatever and they walk right past it they kind of wave really quick and they walk right past us and go on the tour bus and, and kind of shut the door and we're all like oh no like okay that was kind of cool but not really wait there a few more minutes and finally they open up the doors and perry comes down and sits on the bottom step of the bus and he just you know in his voice you can kind of hear he's like hey like everyone come on over and um i'll just never forget going up to the guy and just like i like shook his hand and i was like i am like the like your music means the world to me, man. I just want to say thank you so much. And he, I'll just never forget him looking at me and just, Hey man, you know, like, I really appreciate that. That's all. That's great, man. And just being like, Holy crap. I just met Perry Farrell. Um, I like, couldn't even sleep that night. Just, just an awesome moment wow. at that venue. 
Yeah, I think didn't porn, uh, Porno for Pyros just reunited? They just played a show. I think there was something, some fest where Jane's Addiction couldn't play for some reason, so Porno for Pyros had to step up, and it was the lineup with Mike Watt and everything they had. They played a full uh, full show. I saw the set list; it looked pretty good. Yeah, I they've been they've been hinting at a reunion for years. I heard they were working on new material like five okay. years ago, and I don't uh, nothing ever surfaced. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, great, great underrated band. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So, um, we we talked about the auditorium a little bit. So, you've been in this place. So, set the scene. I it's, I get the feeling that like you know Ed mentions here is like oh you got the you got a nice basketball hoop in the back there. Like you get a feeling that yeah. this is like a a Hoosier style kind of gym, right? Yeah, it kind of is, right? So you got the old kind of wooden floors when you walk in there. Like I said, you mm-hmm. can kind of feel them with enough people in there. You can feel them bowing a little bit. Um, it's it's got a, a decent sized floor and then like a like a sided balcony um, with the stage, you know, at the end there. So, and in the, the balcony, I can see probably, you know, several hundred people. I was up there a couple of times. I was usually on the floor, but yeah, based on the articles that I was reading too, just to kind of refresh my memory, I think it seats about 2,500 people. Um, and it's just like a, like a, a high school gym, essentially when you walked in there, then, you know, the yeah, hoops would be yeah. sort of pulled up. So you didn't see them um, as much and they weren't intruding as much. But uh, the other thing I remember, and I know the article we were looking at sort of said the same thing acoustics in there were very hit or miss i know there are a couple shows that i saw that were very muddy that was almost like the sound was you know it's because it's like a for good acoustics you can't have just these square angles right and that's essentially what memorial is and so a lot of times you get a lot of echo a lot of muddiness a lot of kind of bass kind of overloading the sound there and then some of the shows for whatever reason they were able to kind of figure it out so it was very hit or miss not unlike a lot of the venues that you know we've pj in over the years that it just depends right. on what night the, the sound guy is feeling in a good mood or whatever. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you, uh, I think there are, our bootleg here, you know, that's something you guys focus on, on your show is, you know, talking about bootlegs and quality. This one, I think they're, you know, we're not looking at any sophisticated equipment here. This is just some guy with a cassette recorder. Yeah. And you can hear him. I don't remember exactly what he says. You can hear him at the beginning talking about like, I'm checking the levels right now to like his girlfriend or mm-hmm. whoever's with him. Um, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, it's it's um it's one of those, you know, for, for especially for the era, you know, for 91 shows where you're not really expecting a lot. It's certainly one of the more listenable bootlegs, I think, um, from kind of that tour. It's it's boomy. There's parts where it sort of goes up and down. And of course, you have the random guy yelling every once in a while that sort of over overloads everything and drowns everything out. But in general, it's it's pretty listenable, I think. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's on the it's on the better side. Some of them are very, very poor. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, this one, this one's a good listen. Um, so like we said, we've only got, uh, we've only got seven songs here. Uh, we'll be able to, uh, to rip through this pretty quick. Uh, they're going to open up here. Um, Stones, uh, starts playing the wash riff. Ed's going to talk a little bit, do a little introduction and, uh, we get a, uh, pretty cool kind of chilled out version of wash.
it's great. I think Ed's voice sounds fantastic on Wash. You know, I, I think um, some of those late 91 and then early 92 shows, you know, he had some of a, some laryngitis issues every once in a while. But I think this is pretty spot on. Um, and I think it's, you know, I always find it interesting. This was right when PJ was just starting to take off a little bit, but not really, not just yet. Um, and so there's there's no reaction, certainly no reaction to like, holy cow, they're playing Wash. And then to hear right. not a crazy reaction to even like alive later on in the set is crazy. But I, I think that I think the wash is is a very powerful version. It's played very well. Mike's kind of doing some good solos in the background. And I think Ed's voice sounds fantastic. Yeah, Ed, I think is the the story here. You know, he sounds incredible. And yeah. you know, we've talked about some of the shows on this tour. We've we've gotten to a few of them. We still have a lot to go, but the kind of the story is he's amped up to be opening up for the chili peppers. So they are going out. He's given it everything he's got for this 30 minutes every night, trying to, trying to impress them and outdo them. Um, so they're going to, uh, they're going to open up with wash, give a, a little bit of the B side, and then they're just going to start kicking into the, uh, the rockers from the album here. Uh, the, 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 these, uh, these next two are once and even flow. Um, I thought once was very raucous, uh, yeah. coming off, especially coming off a of wash sounded like, you know, again, we don't have a video for this, unfortunately, but I, I can just picture them just bouncing all over that place. It sounded like there was a lot of high energy going on. Absolutely. I think to me, um, I hadn't listened to the show in a while. And the other day I popped it on, um, knowing that this was, you know, coming, I was going to be part of this. And, uh, to me, once stole the show, I think wash sort of set the scene nicely, but once, as you said, it's, it's, it's raucous, it's, it's energy. And it's that, it's that youthful enthusiasm energy of Pearl Jam as well, you know, pre fame, pre sort of changing their attitude about all sorts of stuff. And I think to me, the, once is sort of the, the to me the highlight of the show i think his voice is yeah. just good lord when he kicks into it and it starts you know screaming it just it's oh. otherworldly i i can go with that yeah i mean again people listen to the show know this once is not a song that i normally uh give plaudits to but yeah here it was yeah. very good and it and i think in a, in a good spot you know it's that it's that combo that they perfected that you know, the one slow one to start and then you punch people in the face and they, it works really well here with wash and once, um, afterwards Ed, Ed comes on and says, Oh, you got some good air here. Uh, I guess talking about the, uh, the crisp new England winter in November. 
And then, uh, of course, points out that uh, there's a nice basketball hoop in the back. You know, probably before the show, I'm sure Jeff and Ed were probably out uh, shooting some hoops there. Um, And then we get into a really... uh, Really kind of groovy early version of Evenflow here. I thought the, uh, again, Ed screaming just intense. This really picks up. I think it's kind of standard to start off with, you know, but it really, I think the ending is really, really great. Yeah, I agree. And I think for anyone, you know, say what you will about Evenflow. And, and I, I think people are crazy who, who use it as a piss break song oh, these sure. days because I, I love sure. it. Jane, don't get me wrong. But for people who want the the groove of Evenflow, who want to go back to when it was played at kind of regular speed, um, you know, look no further. Here's a great example of like the pace that it should be if that's kind of what you're looking for. And it's no frills. You know, it's kind of a standard jam in the middle it's certainly not extended like it would be in in years to come but a nice standard version of even flow that's just got that pacing well done yeah and you know we're getting you know looking at life footsteps here all these songs you're getting about the kind of 20 to 30 performance of these so they've obviously you know they've, they've been a band for about a year exactly after this and uh you're starting to see some of the songs, like some of which ones are popping up more and more and more. So um, we're in kind of like, you know, that was the 22nd performance of Wash, once even flow and Alive, all hitting their 34th performance here. So still very, very early. Um, yeah. After Evenflow, um, Ed talks about uh, good lines, bad lines, or good lives and bad lives. So what's you guys got? You guys got good lives? What did you think of Alive here? I thought it was great. I think, uh, again, you know, a standard version compared to where they would end up taking the song, but it's kind of par for the course for these days. I think uh, I'm always interested to hear what liberties Mike takes with the solo in Alive, especially on the early versions. It's a pretty standard one, right? I mean, you got to figure the album had just come out a couple months previous. To your point, they've only played these songs 25, 30, 35 times. Um, it's not it's not super exploratory yet, but I think in that being said, it's a pretty ripping version, right? It's kind of one of these no hold bars, no hold bars, uh, you know, in in your face. Like the song was still anthemic, and it wasn't you know it wasn't a hit yet. I think I think by this point, it had started to break a little bit. It was it was on rotation a little bit on the radio, so some people sort of knew. But again, if you think about alive three or four months later, every time they play it, it's the one song that everyone in the crowd is going to go, oh, I love this song. I've heard this on the radio a ton of times, but they're not there yet, right? So when it kicks in, there's really not much of a reaction yet, which I think is great. Yeah, it's it's weird to go back and listen to. I think we talked about it when we did the Mural Amphitheater show. Is like, it's weird to hear these anthemic songs that we've been listening to for 30 years and hear no one singing along. Like, it's, it's a little strange. Um, I did, like, you know, 
you mentioned uh, Mike during the so I thought he just tore this apart. Yeah. And there is, I think there is a little bit of War Pigs in there, if I'm not mistaken. He does a little bit of the War Pigs tease at the end. Uh, we'll have to uh, to go back and check the tape. We're coming to the part of the show, uh, which, which of course is my favorite, where Ed does a little bit of a couple of lines acapella of uh, Fugazi's suggestion. Yeah, and then he asks the, asks the crowd, "Have you ever heard of Fugazi?" And there's a little bit of a cheer because I mean they just played there a couple of years ago, and he says, "Just checking," and yep. uh, trying trying to get a little bit of credibility there. I like it. Um, and then uh, we're we're already near the end here. We we got a couple here. Um, Jeremy and Why Go. I thought uh, Jeremy had tons of energy, similar to once, and I thought Stone was just a plus on this. I mean, I again, you picture him just doing those little circles around the stage and doing his his Stone thing. I I could I could picture it as I was listening to this. A very good performance of Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see a video of it. I think um, Ed's voice is great. It, the other thing that's that I always find fascinating about the the, the early versions of Jeremy is. That that, you know, you spend a lot of time collecting bootlegs, focusing on certain areas. And, and, and you know, 92, 93, 94, 95 for years was sort of my sweet spot. And I had some 91 stuff, but it's always fascinating to me to go back to 91 shows. And it's, again, you know, we were talking about a live and the fact that it wasn't really alive yet. It wasn't the thing that everyone knew. Jeremy, the same sort of thing. But the other thing that's always interesting is that you don't have to think like, oh, is this going to be one of the ones where he does or doesn't sing the first chorus? It, it, like it almost catches you by surprise. You're like, oh, here's one where he does sing the chorus. You're like, wait, that's 91. Of course he's yep. singing the entire thing. Yep. He, he's not jaded from the song yet. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I think his voice sounds fantastic. I think at the end, you know, it's it's uh, it's great to hear him singing the the kind of screaming parts at the end. And it's always great to hear them when there's not a huge crowd participation, which I love. But I love hearing the kind of raw Eddie voice, just doing it and owning it, and like that's all you hear. It's just fantastic. Yeah, he was he was pushing his voice on these shows definitely. I mean, you you got thirty minutes to to get this crowd going, and you know, they're the opening band. Not a lot of people knew who they were, so they're trying to impress whoever's there. Um, Jeremy, I thought too, it's interesting. You know, looking at this, Jeremy, the the twenty second performance actually play, had been played the same amount as Wash at this point. Uh, Jeremy was kind of, of course, the late bloomer from from yeah. ten wouldn't wouldn't really break until August of ninety two. Why Go, I thought, was very, very fast. One of the fastest yes. versions of Why Go I've ever heard. Yes, I noticed that. that right off the right off the, the start there, like, Dave yeah. is like, like, okay, easy, buddy. Like, you, yeah. you got the right pacing on even flow, but not with Why Go. <laughs> they don't play it this fast now. I don't think they haven't played it this fast in a long time. No, it's full on, like, you know, Why Go on speed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
afterwards, there's a there's a funny little moment. Um, Ed comes out and says, "Have a gift for you guys." I know you guys get hungry up in front, and no bands are paying attention to this. Don't ever tell them, throw them, forgot about you. Some grapes for all my good friends, and a banana for you. Couldn't really tell who the banana was for, but hopefully they enjoyed it. And then we're gonna get into the closer here, the showstopper, and pooch. Yes, always the song I focus on. I mean, in my heyday of collecting bootlegs and trading shows, it was like I was looking for versions of Porch. Mm. This is a good one. I think it's, uh, you know, again, I love, I've done like whole, you know, linear lists and chronological lists of Porch to try to figure out like when did little riffs come in. And, and you know, you start seeing glimpses of what this song can come in. But really, to me, it's like this is the era of where Eddie was figuring out how to get out of the jam and do like the the intro back into the you know the final chorus there. And so to me, that's what kind of stood out in this version. It's not it's not exploratory. It's not certainly where they would start going literally in a couple of months with the song. Um, but it's a nice kind of well played version. And again, Eddie's voice. I mean, it's kind of unbeatable. Oh, absolutely. And you know, knowing this auditorium, would there be? Thanks for him to climb on. Would there be opportunities for uh, for some shenanigans here? That's a good question. I don't know if I can place the stage as much. I mean, I, I remember there was a you know a, a light, whatever you call it, trestle or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know how he would have gotten up there. I mean, unless there were, again, I'd have to see a speaker. You know, like where were the speakers or, or see a picture of the show to kind of place it. But I don't. I'm not sure what he would have done. I'm sure backstage, you know, where I never was, there was probably ways to get up there. But very good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, you know, this was uh, this was the time. He was. Uh, yeah. You know, and again, it's not a not a long porch, so I'm I'm guessing that there wasn't like a very extended climb or anything. So, um, whenever there's a basketball hoop, there's that iconic uh, Fugazi performance where Guy gets up, climbs up into the. The basketball hoop and is hanging upside down from it and mm-hmm. singing and i wonder if, if ed would have tried to do something like that maybe as a little homage um but yeah that is it any any anything else we didn't cover we, we went through that pretty quickly it's a pretty quick show to cover seven songs yeah. get in get out i think uh you know i i definitely just picturing the the auditorium itself and, and kind of how how cozy it was for a medium-sized auditorium i i can't even imagine having seen a show there uh, let alone like what it would have been like to see them pre, oh, yeah. you know, their explosion to fame. I'm just like I'm uber jealous of people. I mean, there there would have been people who would have been seniors when I was a freshman who would have been there and probably saw this. And, and uh, I'm glad right. I never met any of them because I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I did find uh, I found one person on Twitter who had posted like oh, like ten years ago that they were there and that they had been a fan ever since. So. I, uh, I replied to that. He had the guy hadn't been active on on Twitter for a couple of years, so I'm, I doubt he'll ever see it. But if, if he ever responds, we'll uh, hopefully we'll get a we'll get a story out of him if he ever uh, if he remembers anything. But yeah, that that's that's it. Burlington 1991, the only time Pearl Jam's ever played Vermont. Um, there probably isn't an opportunity for them to go back. There's probably not a place that's big enough. So so uh, this is probably going to be it. Um, you know, we mentioned uh, we mentioned once is probably the best moment from this, and I I would probably agree. Is there a uh, is there another moment or two from the show that you would uh, would want to spotlight? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think the wash opener is a nice tone setter for sure. Um, I think it's just played well, and Eddie's voice just like I can just picture it just filling up that auditorium during that. And I think uh, you know, just looking at the set here, like we talked about, I think it, the, that really speed version of Why Go is certainly worth a listen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and really, just in general, you you know, you look at they essentially started off 10 right so it's like after it's it's once even flow alive they kind of do one two right. three before they mix yeah. it up there and i think you know i implore any fans to listen to the show if you want to hear these kind of early but not super early versions of songs like to your point like 25 30 35 times they played some of these now so they're starting to get the hang of them and it's a good show to, to like okay pre everyone applauding all the time and singing along and and you know that whole thing what was the band sounding like right before they blew up? I think this is a very good show to like, it's like a moment in time, literally right before they blew up. Like at this point, Smells Like Teen Spirit was starting to catch. Like it was, if I recall correctly, it was sort of like early, early November. Pearl Jam was coming soon, but they weren't there yet. And I just, I love that, that little time capsule. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that. Um, I would probably highlight uh, Jeremy. Like we, we talked about on Jeremy, I thought. Yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, like it's you you know you listen for the different versions that they've they've done throughout the years, and you're getting uh, the one of the original performances here, very similar to, to what's on Ten. So uh, that 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 would be one of my highlights as well. Um, the way we normally rate these 1991 shows, because it's not really fair to to give them a rating compared to you know what what some of the later shows would be and some of the classics that that would come later. So. What I usually do is I start at five, and I give a give a point or half a point for anything that stood out, like any really good moments. So I'm going to give a point for once. Uh, I'm going to give a point for Jeremy. I'm going to give uh, half a point for Wygo because uh, how fast it was. So I'm going to give this one seven and a half. Plenty of reasons to go back and listen to it. It's a quick listen, 30 minutes. You can you can just listen to it, go on with your day. It's not going to take up your whole night to check it out. Um, so definitely recommend it. It's a like like we said, it's a it's a cassette recording, but it's it's pretty well balanced. You're you're going to be able to hear everything. It's not going to be painful to listen to. Um, so I'm going to go seven and a half. What do you what do you think? Are you gonna, are you with me, or are you going to go higher, lower? Just the the Burlington, the UVM, the the UVM catamount in me has to go a little bit higher. I'm gonna I'm gonna add another. I'm going to add another half point just for, okay. again, that, that the wash opener, which I think is sure. just played very well. And just the the overall package of the show for the era. I, I you know, would I call this an 8 out of 10 compared to an 8 out of 10 from, like, June 92? Probably not. But I think for, right. the, for the time period, for the way the song played, for Eddie's voice, I think it gives you a great little great little package to listen to from that era i find i find it to be even being vermont aside it's a great listen um just to listen to what was going on at that time and kind of where were they at yeah so you know obviously the ratings uh the ratings are to scale the 1991 ratings are going to be a little bit different and and that's that's only for entertainment purposes so uh hold hold your letters um till randy gets (laughs) back please um but yeah that that that's it we did it burlington 1991 we are off and running on the forgotten states month uh this one i think is going to be coming out uh, as kind of a special bonus uh to kind of lead off the uh the month so stay tuned for our uh, regular episode uh this week 
which will be Casper, Wyoming from 1995, the beginning of that epic, epic Vitalogy tour, 1995, that, uh, that we'll, uh, we'll definitely have a lot to say on. Um, any last words, Brian? Again, thank you for, uh, for making the time and coming on and helping out today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely happy to help out. And uh, John, appreciate it. And also Randy, get better. Absolutely. Well, I hope we hope he's feeling better. Uh, he's getting some rest, which is uh, the best thing. So, again, uh, check out Brian on Hallucinogenic Recipe on uh, our Patreon and uh, also on the uh, main feed. So uh, go check that out. It's a good listen. And we will see you guys in a few days.